Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. Ever wanted to play the drums? Or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real McKenzie's, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho. He has played all over the world and he has also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught Tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to 833-632-0585. Again, text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to the number 833-632-0585. 0585 for your free online drum lesson. My guest today on the A-Game Podcast is Mr. Matt Marinoff, calling in from New Jersey today. He is a short sale extraordinaire ninja who his uh, boot camp coming up that we're going to talk about. And I found him because I was actually looking for the top guy in short sales. And he came highly recommended from a bunch of guys that I really respect in the industry. And the more I started to look into your background and listen to some old interviews of you and see what you had going on, on your site... I am uh, very happy that we have you coming on today and you were willing to jump on and talk to us because as I was just telling you, I have not had anybody come on and really dive deep into short sales yeah. and it seems to be the big buzz that's coming back around and I think it's absolutely the perfect time to start to gear up and get educated and I think what you're doing is uh, providing a great service that's going to be a much needed thing for investors and for homeowners as well. So uh, Mr. Matt Marinoff, thank you for being on and give yourself a quick, quick background for the listeners. Thanks, Nick. I really appreciate it. Um, I appreciate the opportunity. I started uh, early 2000, and I was running a, a for sale by owner program for a mortgage company, and we were killing it. You know, we were helping people marketing their properties privately, and we had a way of routing the calls uh, to find people that were looking for mortgages or that wanted to get qualified. So kind of towards like the middle to the end of 2004, I had noticed a little bit of a, a swing in the industry, whereas where people were calling and saying, hey, can he get here before my husband gets home? Or can he get here before my wife gets home? And I'm like, that's kind of weird, but whatever. <laughs> and they would tell me their mortgage had adjusted and they were worried about making the payment. And or they were making the difference of the payment on a credit card that their spouse didn't actually know about. Um, so for me, I had sort of an opportunity and, and I guess a niche. And at the time, I was running parallel with a company that was buying the rights to people's properties for like $10. They weren't taking over the mortgage per se, but they were taking the rights to the house. So the guy says to me, look, come in. I want to talk to you. You're pissing off my partner. You're all over the place. Come in. Let's talk. 
So I went in there and said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start doing classes in North Jersey, and I would love for you to um, come out and, uh, and take a look, you know, what, you know, what we're presenting. And we had an, an arrangement. Basically, I took the class, and you know, I think 24 hours later, you know, I locked up my first deal, and I kind of got the grasp of the short sell side or the pitfall of people being upside down in their mortgages because I had collection experience, so I understood the, the concept of it. So very short period of time right after that, he had asked me to join the team, not work for him, but work with him. And would I be willing to build out this part of the company? So, you know, like any other normal person in the middle of building a house, uh, I quit my stable job uh, where I had great health benefits, uh, had a beautiful car, lease, and everything. And I remember the pivotal moment when I was standing in the kitchen of my house that was framed and it only had the sheathing on the outside of the house. We didn't have any windows in the property. And I remember the plastic banging back and forth where the door was in the garage. And there was a, just a little light bulb hanging out from one of the hi-hats in the ceiling. And I said to myself, self, are you crazy? Are you really going to do this? And, um, and I did it. And I haven't looked back. And I built a monster along the way. I've had multiple partnerships. I was training in uh, 2007, so two years after I started doing short sales. People didn't know who Matt Marinoff were. They're like, what the hell is a short sale? And then we switched, you know, we switched gears, and, and things got crazy, and, and the concept grew, and I didn't like where it was headed. So I, I actually parted ways amicably, and I, and I went on my own. And I had multiple partnerships, but ultimately, I always knew that I wanted to do what I'm doing now on a national level. I want to be able to offer services to people. And then after a while, when you know, people started reaching out to me, and I had some, some major issues, uh, some things that happened to me in uh, 2015, whereas my, my, my rock, uh, my sounding board, my dad actually passed away. And, um, during that time period, a couple of days later, to find out that my father-in-law actually died, believe it or not, the same day, same age. It was so weird. So I didn't really have time to mourn, and I said to my wife, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I want things to be different. And she thought I was having a nervous breakdown, but I was so clear. I had so much clarity at that point where I knew that I just needed to do what I wanted to do. So I dumped and gave away files that I was working on with multiple partnerships that conceivably could have made a lot of money. And I just ran in a different direction. And I've done that multiple times in my career, but now I'm on a steady path because I knew that I would be onto something because after pretty much 2011, people had passed on short sales and wanted anything to do with it so many rules, regulations, people couldn't make the money that they were making in it. And I'm all like, what about the people in trouble? Well, how come we're not helping these people? So, you know, along the way, you know, fast forward, you know, 2020, six years doing this, I knew that I wanted to write a book. In 2019, I was on stage in, about, in front of about 200 people. It was my first big event. And I remember standing on stage and go, you know, I've pretty much done everything that I wanted to do to date, but I want to write a book. 
So I'm actually, hold on one second, show it. This is actually a prototype of the cover. That's awesome. And, you know, when I, when I told my wife that, you know what, I want to do the book, and she's like, well, it's not like I'm going to stop you from doing it anyway, because you do whatever you want. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, you know, this November, November uh, 2020, uh, the book's going to be released. So my first book, we've got the boot camp coming up at the end of October. So pretty much it, the concept of what I do is I help people that don't know their options. And in the book, I talk about untold stories because so many people are misdirected because they think they're listening to somebody that knows what they're doing. But I found, and this is kind of scary, nine out of 10 real estate agents that work in the distress field don't want to do it. And they really don't know what they're doing and or they don't have the right training. So we are literally breaking out, breaking down doors in the industry and revolutionizing the side of the short sale and showing the homeowners that they have options and then helping them leave on their own terms and having it that letting them know what their options are. And, you know, I say that all the time, know your options and people think I'm nuts. But you know what? Nobody wants to deal with a dirty car salesman. Nobody wants to deal with somebody who has dollar signs on their forehead. Once I implement that, put that into play in my business model, my business just exploded. That's outstanding. And, you know, I think for, for people that don't really understand the ins and outs of short sales, being that you and I were investing when the market was down and then coming back up, yeah. and I'm starting to see that whole cycle really start to come back around. The huh. thing I always love about real estate is there's always a way to do business. You just have to adjust with it. And I think that that piece specifically with all the forbearances on foreclosures and evictions and all these things that are happening with bills piling up, yeah. it's going to be the prime time to really start doing that. And I, I've been on it in the last crash from the homeowner's side of, of having some investment properties that I needed some help with. So there's really twofold to this interview that I want people that are going to be in a position very soon that they're going, man, I'm overwhelmed. What do I do? What are my options? being have gone through that process, it's scary. It's overwhelming. There's a lot of bad information out there. Like you said, there's a lot of people that are contacting you. They don't really want to help you. So I definitely would love you to talk about from the buyer's side, things that they can look out for to ease their worries, because what you do really is a service. And the other thing is, I think that it gets a bad rap. People think a short sale is a, a bad thing, but it really is a great alternative to some of the other options that I really want to dig in. So first and foremost, the timeline of where we are, I, I've heard you come to the rescue on a lot of interviews and websites and podcasts that people are like, hey, everybody's saying short sales are dead, short sales are dead. So we got Matt Marinoff on. He's going to talk about it. And you just crushed that. So right. having said that, where are we in the market right now? What are you seeing as far as uh, short sales being an opportunity? Well, Nick, let me just stop you right there and tell you this. You know, people, you know, when I talk with homeowners and homeowners say to me, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't understand the stress on my family. Well, actually, I do, and here's why. My wife was 17 years old. She was at college. She got a phone call in the middle of the night, probably 2.30 in the morning, from her mom. Your mom and I, your dad and I are getting a divorce. They would go on and off, separated, not separated. Clearly, getting a divorce. Now, she lives in Connecticut. Connecticut is different than New Jersey, and I have public auctions, and the property is going to be auctioned off. So they told you know, my wife, 
you know, you got a week to get home. Box up your belongings getting out of the house. We're getting a dumpster put on in the driveway when we're going to throw stuff out. So she basically lost everything from her childhood. She couldn't leave college. She had to stay in the dean's list so she could stay in college and everything else and get, you know, what she was getting. Now, <clears throat> I also, and this is going to shock people, but I drove my house twice into foreclosure because I wanted to see what it was going to feel like to actually be in that situation. My wife is like, hope you know what you're doing, man, because it's not, it's not pretty. We had the sheriff come to the door and she's like, you're killing me. The worst thing I actually had to do in all that learning that the curve that I had to do, I actually had to write a check for $178,000 to bring my mortgage current because I ran it long for so long. But here's what I learned during that process. And this is why I want people to understand this. People are like, oh, you're a processor. You process short sales. No. My company set up as a loss mitigation company. My company understands the rules, regulations, and guidelines on the banking side. And because of that, I was able to use it. And the proof is in the pudding. And if anybody ever called me out, I actually have the paperwork. You got these gurus that come on, they say all these great things. I've done one million short sales. The reality is I have the paperwork from what I did to my house. But if you want to sit down with me, two things are going to happen. One, you're going to bring me a Rolex and you're going to take me out to a nice dinner because that's the payment for me to show you what I did. Now, because I did that, people were like, dude, your legal bill, the legal bills from the bank side must have been astronomical. Well, I have to tell you, for all the time, the years on and off that that thing ran, the legal expense should have probably been Sixty to a hundred thousand dollars, easy. Uh, but it was only like I think twenty one hundred, twenty two hundred bucks. And the reason why is because I cracked the code in understanding how it really works with the bank. Whereas when you get demand letters, when they want to find out information about what is your intention, then you have to answer the letters. People don't answer the letters. Attorneys say that ah, don't bother. I disagree with that. So there's a lot of information that's held back that people don't know. So I would say in 2021, we are going to launch our an additional information class where it's going to be more of a, a master class. We've done master class, but we're really going to dive in deeper because of, and I know it's been a lot, it's a long way around to get to your question, what's happening? What's happening is, is that unfortunately, they went on TV and they're talking about what we can do, what you need to do, how you need to communicate with your bank. Well, unfortunately, there were some people that took that as, well, everybody's calling the bank, so they must know I'm in trouble too, right? So it's not like they don't have a crystal ball at the bank or the banks and say, well, you know. They don't work for the Warwick Psychic Network. So they don't know that you're in trouble or potentially in tr you have to call. So when they were offering the deferments and the forbearances, and I'll explain in a second, the, the information that's there, people were taking upon themselves, well, I'm just going to stop paying my mortgage. 
Well, that's not how it works. Much like the credit cards, where people weren't calling the credit card companies, and they weren't putting them in the you know forbearances or any type of deferments. You don't communicate with your bank. Nothing's changed in that side as far as communication. You have to communicate. And if you don't want to communicate, then you hire something like myself, my company. So now we're, you know, 2020, uh, it's the end of September. So I would say you're going to start some serious movement in the next six months to a year where people are going to start realizing that weren't in trouble ever before. They are now in trouble now because they have these forbearances. And they said, oh, it's a wonderful thing. It's a forbearance. Well, people were reaching out to my team and saying, I have a forbearance, but I don't understand. And this is the, this is the catch that people aren't asking these questions. Is the forbearance, I thought I just had to pay my mortgage for six months and they put it on the back of my mortgage. No, that's a deferment. So the difference between the deferment and the forbearance is that the forbearance is it puts it off for a certain period of time, then you have to pay it back. The deferment is actually take those payments and put them on the back of your mortgage. Huge difference. So people are going to use forbearances saying, I'm going to get my job back. I'm going to get off furlough. I'm going to be back on track. But the reality is a lot of people did not go back to work or they lost their job. So now they're three to six months behind in the forbearance. If somebody has a specific mortgage, then they are willing to work with them over the course of a period of a year and help them spread out the mortgage payments. But if you don't have a specific mortgage and they don't tell you this, when you call, you have to ask these questions. You're putting yourself literally into pre-foreclosure. It's really scary, Nick. That's crazy. You know, it's the... uh the thing I always say is bad things happen to good people all the time. Yeah. And it really, it's, it's amazing how it, it just comes out of nowhere, you know, especially with what we're going through now. And I even just had part of what made me reach out to you was I, I got a call from uh, a, a seller lead and she just called me and was like, look, you're the first person I've called. I, I saw an ad that you, you buy houses that people are in distress situations. I never thought I'd be in this situation before. I never thought I'd call anybody like you before. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to ask, right. but here's the situation is, you know, I thought I was catching up on payments and going back to work. Now I'm $35,000 behind on my mortgages. I bought the house at market value. I don't really have any equity. I need to get rid of it. I've already moved out. Like, what the hell do I do? And that's where I, I think it's a, it's a good thing that you have somebody like you here because, again, the, I, I, I've done a lot of short sales in the past when the market was different. I was doing stuff in like the Pennsylvania, Delaware area. You know, I was uh, investing around where Dan Zykowski was too. And I was using short sale negotiators because of a lot of the things like you're talking about that there's documents that have to be done a certain way. There's processes that have to be done a certain way. There's things that you need to make sure legally and ethically you are doing that I think most people don't know, right. which is why I think there's a huge value for somebody like you who knows both sides of that from the investor side and right. from the consumer side. So um, that situation for somebody who's going, what is a short sale? What, what, what's a quick way that you would explain it? Because I, again, I think it's the most misleading term for a strategy I've ever heard, unfortunately. So basically a short sale is nothing less than what the bank would take, let's say $100,000 mortgage per se, to get whatever the back payments would be. So let's say you owe 100, and now let's say the back payments are you know, 25,000. So now it's 125. Now you're doing a short sale, you're actually going to settle that mortgage. You're going to short it for less than what's owed. 
let's say it's up to 125 with all the fees, legal expenses and everything, and they sell on the property and the house sells for $75,000. In a nutshell, that's what a short sale is. But you have to be careful because you need to find out, are you going to be responsible for the difference of actually what's owed between the purchase price and you know the shortfall from the bank side of it? Are they going to put a deficiency on you? Depending on what state you're in, depending on uh, you know your tax bracket. I mean, look, I did a deal on a house, and this moron. And I have to say, and I told him, I told the homeowner, you're a moron. I literally told the homeowner, you're a moron. What he did was, for five years, he took the rental income from this property. They knew it wasn't his, home, his primary residence. They took the rental income stashed it away with the money that he was making and went and go purchase a property in another state. Well, he purchased the property cash. Genius, right? No. He literally purchased the property in his name. He didn't think to put it in a trust, some type of land trust, an LLC with he's not, nothing, literally in his name. So guess what? He did an asset search on the guy. The lenders were smart. The investor that loan. And you know what they did was, they said, yeah, we'll, we'll prove the short sale, no problem. But we're coming after the guy for $115,000. <laughs> so there's a lot of BS going back and forth. But by the time I was done, that $115,000 dwindled down to five grand. That's outstanding. So, so it was a win-win. So he's like, I'll never do this again. And so first of all, you're never going to do it again because you only have cash. And if your wife is smart, She'd kick in the air, <laughs> take that property out of your name and put it into somebody else's name so you can't grab any of the equity in that house. So, you know, it, basically a short sale is you're, you're settling for less than the actual full amount, what's actually owed on that property. And the end game is, is to make it that you don't have to worry about any type of deficiency and or tax liability. And that's something that I talk about with the homeowners that are in trouble because you have to plan ahead for that. And sometimes we get people that are in the beginning, just the beginning cup of the stress. So if somebody's in a situation, Nick, and they're watching this and they really just want to know what their options are, best thing to do is really uh, reach out to you or re re reach out to me, however they want to do it, and find out what their options are. Because for me, I don't mind taking the time to explain something to somebody and talking to them before the hammer drops, because at that point, they don't know. So you brought up a really good point, because in the situation, I, I know, unfortunately, I don't want to give them a, a bad name, but there's a lot of uneducated real estate agents out there, you know, and, and that's part of where a lot of that comes to. And I, I watched that happen in the past. When people get in bad situations, they, they contact an agent. It's their first thing. I don't know what to do. I got to sell a house. I'm going to call a real estate agent. And the real estate agent goes, oh, the market's great put it on the market, but they don't realize that that time clock is clicking down and every month that goes by, the HOA fees and the mortgages and all these things are blowing up, blowing up, blowing up, and it just becomes further and further along the process of being able to have the time to save it. So for instance, in that exact situation, she called me and was like, hey, you know, my, my real estate friend told me he could sell it for 280, but you know, he's not taking into account that now you have to pay that agent those fees, you're going to have to catch up all the mortgage and the HOAs, so she's probably still going to have to be cutting a check, which would really only now come to an investor like me would need to have it done on a short sale. So for her side of it, if there's a homeowner listening to this, they can call you 
to help go over those options and explain that situation. But for somebody like me, who's also on the investment side, and I'm looking to see if I can make this a win-win deal that I can actually make some money on as well, as right. help the person, are you in a position that we can involve you in that process and contact you to help us as the investor as well? Look, at the end of the day, it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about the person in trouble. And I think the, the thing is, is that, and I know you're going to get this, the, the concept of this. I think most people that are going at these people that are in trouble, and real estate agents included, they think that the homeowner thinks, oh my God, they're going to see me making money and they're going to want money. Or they see that I'm going to be making a massive profit. You know, the secret sauce, the real secret is, is being completely transparent. We have a transaction going on right now. Ironically, and this is actually funny, Nick, um, I was talking to the homeowner last night. We actually did an open showing. The concept is not an open house. It's an open showing. And it's going to take a little while to explain it, so I'm not going to explain it. But at the end of the day, the open showing was on a Friday. It was on a Saturday and something like traditionally. There's 150-plus active people looking to buy. But the homeowner said, your name sounds familiar to me. You grew up in Closter, right? And I said, yes. And she said, I knew your name sounded familiar. Long story short, she was one of the teachers at a school that I went to. And she says, but you weren't in my class. And she said, were you in so-and-so? And I said, yes. She goes, I'm good friends with her. And I said, do me a favor. I said, please don't judge book by a cover. She started laughing. She goes, you come a long way, Matt. And I said, no, I know, I know. And um, it's funny because one, way, one day, probably in the next year or two, I might even do a book on my memoirs of you know, how I really became who I was. But I said, do me a favor. Say hello to my teacher, but don't say my name. Say, I met one of your old students, and he said, not to say his name, but you would remember him because he went to school one day, literally got off the bus, walked home, and you and the principal picked him up <laughs> on Rockman Road. This lady was hysterical. Now, the guy who's the agent who brought me in, he's hysterical. He goes, bro, he goes, you're nuts. Thing is, is that when you're relatable to somebody and you don't come across as being salesy, I think you're going to win every single time. We're a very high percentage of getting these things done, obviously, with the bank. But as far as speaking with homeowners, pretty much everybody we speak with, this, I can't, there's no other way to say it. We're, we're pretty much almost at 100% now of getting the people that are in distress to want to work with us in some capacity because we're real. I'm the first line of defense. I speak with the people first. So if somebody's in trouble, I get on the phone and talk. And it's so funny, Nick, because when I talk to these people, they're all like, oh, my God, is this Matt Maroff? The Matt Maroff? And all I'm thinking is, the yeah, same guy that had, you know, raviolis for breakfast is <laughs> Maroff. So I don't look at it that way. I just want to help people. And if somebody's going to lose their house, at least lose their house gracefully. So yeah, we're willing to help and, and talk with, we talk with real estate agents all over the United States, investors, homeowners. Um, we spoke with hard money lenders. We deal with a lot of attorneys now on a national level because they see what we're doing. They don't want to be bogged down with the stuff that we have to go through to get these things to the closing table. 
I completely agree. And I think for people who haven't been through it, the amount of paperwork and I mean, I had ones that went on for like 18 months and then a week or two before closing, they wanted all the docs done again. They wanted to repull the financials and the guy borrowed money that he didn't take back out of the account. Now the whole thing was dead. Like if you aren't on top of it, you don't have somebody like you who really knows how to make sure you're dealing not only with the short sale process in general, but I've seen it be very different between lender to lender and state to state. And the fact that you're national, you know, all these things, I think yeah. it's one of those things that people oversimplify, but yeah. the amount of work that goes into it and it could literally fall apart overnight. I always found the benefit in hiring somebody like you to come in and really take care of that transaction and work with the loss mitigation department. And again, explain it on the owner side of it, because, you know, for me, it was, well, why would you want to do that? And I'd love you to explain some of the benefits of why, although yes, it is not the ideal situation to go into a short sale and lose your house that way, the alternative of potentially going into foreclosure or some of the other things that could happen with money you'll have to lay out or the effects it's going to have on you buying a home later on down the road are very different. So it is, as much as it's still a negative thing, it really is sometimes the best of the worst case scenarios and really shed some light at the end of the tunnel because a year or two from now, things could be completely different. And really, that it, it goes by like that versus the alternative. So talk a little bit about why somebody actually could benefit from doing that versus some of the other strategies. Well, I think first and foremost, um, you know, one of my taglines is, it's not a no until you get a restraining order. <laughs> and I use that philosophy, Nick, every single day. Now, my team are, they're ex-bank employees. I'm not an idiot. So these people understand the concept of what I do. Now, the rules, regulations, and guidelines are there in place to protect the bank. They're also there to protect the consumer who actually has the mortgage. My job, in some cases, is kind of like, you know, to, to pick the holes, you know, in, in, in whatever it is they're trying to do as far as the product. They try to find like a workaround. So, you know, it's funny. Did you ever watch the show Burn Notice? Definitely. Okay. So, you know, Michael Weston, I, you know, I, it's so joking around, but I kind of like correlate myself to like a Michael Weston or, you know, kind of like a Rocky or, you know, just somebody in general, like um, Ray Donovan. I'm the problem solver and they might not be traditional and that's okay because for me, I'm not licensed, licensed in what I do. So I can, I can cross over the boundaries and go into that gray area. I don't like to go in the black, but the gray is okay. And when I talk to the people on the bank side of it, and I try to explain to them why this, make, this transaction makes sense, and then you just said, well, they asked for documentation and stuff like that, and I want to put you in a hot seat because I tell people, put me in a hot seat. I'll put you in a hot seat. Have you ever done an internal audit on yourself and actually sent it to the bank? No. People think I'm nuts, but at the end of the day, when you show them the people that you spoke with, the IDs, the time of a conversation, pull an audio tape, see the conversation went through. You know, I'm surprised, honestly, that my company hasn't been picked up to come in and actually train the bank side of it or to do internal audits on files. Completely self-taught, by the way. And the reason why is because, to me, it's common sense. And I, I hear myself when I talk to people, and sometimes my kids who are 12 and 17 go, Dad, you really slammed the shit out of that bank. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I tell them, you got to understand, there's somebody that's in trouble. They don't know how to fight for themselves. 
I mean, look, have you ever, you've purchased mortgages, you've bought houses before, the packet's this thick. Who the hell reads that paperwork? Nobody. Maybe one out of a thousand people want to review every single page. But it, it, nobody looks at that paperwork. It shows how you're responsible. But when they don't have the paperwork and they try to foreclose, that's a huge no-no. Now, they did start doing the lost note affidavits on these files, which was being able for them to bring it back in so they can actually you know, be able to foreclose on somebody's house. But imagine, I think they call it the Iron Mountain. It's the size of a football field. And it's this guy, Jerry. Jerry's semi-retired, 62 years old, and he drives around on a golf cart. So when you have somebody like me calling up and asking, I need you to produce the original paperwork, and that it goes down to Jerry, and Jerry's in his cart, and Phil is up in the, in the booth, Jerry, come in. Yeah, Phil, I need you to file the Smith file from 2002, uh, first initial L, Roger. Now, he's literally going in a golf cart, going into the Smith section, looking for that number, crawling up on the ladder on these big metal shelves or whatever it is, and he's grabbing the information. Or it's an empty box. Or, ready for this? Yeah, Phil, I can't find anything. Jerry, did you look again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, right after lunch, I'll look again. They don't give a shit. Yeah. So unless... You really have a place that's showing that you actually have the original collateral paperwork. You're not foreclosing on anybody. So that's one of the trade secrets that I just let out. And that actually helps us force a short sale. And that's why sometimes we're able to get some of the numbers that we get. We've actually had second mortgages wiped out because the filing of what they actually said that was owed versus the filing of what was actually put together was completely different. And because the numbers were not correct, essentially the bank was committing fraud by a couple of dollars. Can you imagine wiping out a $270,000 second mortgage? We did it. But you have to understand the concept behind it. So there's gonna be a lot of online training coming over the course of the next six months. But the big thing that's coming up is October 23rd, for the short sale boot camp. Now I'm telling people flat out, this is gonna be a whole marketing thing we're gonna do on Facebook. It's gonna be one price. But after we get to a certain date, we're gonna raise it. And then once we actually have it recorded and cut it up, it's gonna be more money. So I'm telling people, why not take advantage of the live event? Why would you not wanna listen live and ask questions versus waiting for the, the cut up version of it and being able to watch it in the portal? We'll see what happens with that. But I'm pretty excited about what's going to happen in the future because we're going to be able to help people. So if they've never been late before in the mortgage and now they're late and now they're panicked and they've never done a modification, we can actually help people save their houses and help them modify their mortgages. So it's, it's a little it's different, but it's got a very similar smell, aroma, and taste to 2005, just before the storm. And it's the same thing that's going to happen. And mind you, last year, 2019, I was on stage. And I said between 16 and 24 months, 
something was going to happen. Nobody predicted Corona. That was the wild part. But because of Corona, but also 20, what was it, 2013, no, 2012, 2013, those mortgages that were in the fall that got to the, the modification process that may or may not have already filed bankruptcy were now coming for fruition for the next wave. So as I tell people all the time, the next wave of short sales are coming. They never went away, but now it's going to come back like a tsunami, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, I, th I think timing-wise, on both sides of it, you don't want to wait until something is already happening or you're already hearing short sales because everybody hears the like i heard the buds words for the last couple of years were like off market and now it's starting to come back and it used to be foreclosure you used to be short sales but i think the timing of your event that's coming up is very interesting for a couple of reasons one on the side of where we are in the market that it's going to start to hit i think is important but two things are starting to open up again and i think coming november i'm already seeing like october november some offices are going to start going back and having in-person hours. Schools are starting to go back. More gyms are starting to open up. Like in New York, they're just opening maybe this week. But people still have the opportunity to sit home for another few weeks, and they might not have that extra free time when things kick back in. So I think the fact that you're offering the class online for a very good price and it's covering so many topics, it's a good time to learn it now so you can be ready for two or three or four months after the election, after the new year. So what are some of the things and the topics you guys are going to be covering during that class? This episode of the A-Game Podcast is brought to you by Naked Warrior Recovery CBD. Naked Warrior Recovery CBD is a Navy SEAL-owned CBD company owned by William Brannon, who is in Hawaii right now, living it up. But you can follow him on all social media platforms. You can also go to www.nicknicknick.com slash links. When you go on that site under the affiliates link, you will see get your Naked Warrior Recovery discounted CBD. Click on that. It will take you to their page as an affiliate link. If you type in promo code AGAME, when you go to check out on that site for any of their products, whether it's shirts, whether it's topicals, whether it's drops, whether it's gummies, anything that you can use to help with your uh, digestive tract, with your anxiety, with your sleep, with your stress, with your inflammation is the biggest thing for me. Try it for 30, 60 days, get 20% off. You will see that it absolutely works miracles for your body, for your inflammation, for your moods. It's done great things for me. So check it out, www.nicknicknick.com slash links. Under the affiliates, you can also go on www.nicknicknick.com. If you guys are interested in starting to get involved in real estate investments, we got a bunch of stuff that's closing out this week. We're going to be picking up some new stuff. Um, I'm always coming across opportunities. If you're looking to partner on deals, if you have deals that you would like to sell us, if you have properties that you'd like to buy from us, maybe you want to buy an apartment building from me. Maybe you want to buy some cash flow rental properties from me, some fix and flips from me, or you need some assistance with your loans, whatever it is that you're looking for reach out. Let's try and find a way to get you started, whether you're a beginner, intermediate, or advanced. We have big, small, all kinds of different deals, all shapes and sizes. So um, let's link up. Let's make the end of 2020 good and start our 2021 strong. So we're going to talk about proper procedures. We're going to be talking about the, uh, the packet of information that needs to be submitted into the bank, the timeline of uh, the foreclosure process, there's the vendors that we have because of everything and everybody being safe. I chose to do everybody pre-recorded. And the reason why I did this, and some people are like, eh, that's not how you run an online event. Listen, anything that I've done in my career has not been traditional at all. So I wanted to be able to kind of like give back. So we recorded a ton of 
you know, the, uh, the sponsors, I think in total we're going to have about 15 or 16 speakers and sponsors of the event. And each one of those are going to be um, an education portal. So we're going to be live, Leah and myself, uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to 2 p.m. And people are like, it's not a lot of time. Well, it is because we'll be covering a ton of stuff and information. We're giving an overview of the information, but we're also going to get the information we're going to cover. We're going to have it in a uh, PDF. You can print it. So you'll have the information and everything that we're going to be covering. But I think it's important, at least for me, to have the ability to ask the questions live and get the information and the feedback when we're going through the slides. So we're going to be doing a Zoom call, which is going to be pretty cool. And the information is going to be there. What's going to be put out in, into the universe? Now, I've done workshops before, and we did a master, master, master class. The master class, it's like you literally rip the cover off and you dive deep. We're not doing the master class live. The master class is going to be uh, pre-recorded information. But what they're going to find on October 23rd is whether they're beginners, intermediate, or advanced people in this industry, they're going to learn. Now, they might be like, oh, I know all this stuff. You know, you always got the people that always know it all. Uh, or, you know, they, they feel like they know it all. So we're, we're, we're basically breaking down the process over the couple of hours that we're going to be live. And it's basically, it's the beginning from A to Z on the concept of the short sale and how to do the short sale. The, the information that you need, we might be, con uh, you know, the, the, the packet information. You know, people don't realize, Nick, that when you send in, I think it's a 710 application with the bank uh, for loss mitigation options. If you don't fill out how many, this is the dumbest thing, but if you don't fill out how many people live in a house, they'll actually consider that packet voided and the short sale packet not correct. The timing of a short sale, and my voice is cracking, the timing <laughs> is so important. People are always like, I'm going to wait till I have a sale date. You're a moron. For you to wait, they have a sale date. Especially for someone like myself, we've actually had to push people away. Because you can tell when they have voice if they're a get over. And if you have that mentality, my company doesn't want to work with you. If we kind of if we reach out to you a couple of times and for every three or four messages we leave you, you get back to us once and we have to chase you, you're done. So we actually have an agreement. My company has an agreement, people that we do business with. So and we also have an agreement for people that purchase the short sales that we're working on, getting off track. There's gonna be a portal in there regarding credit. There's gonna be a portal in there regarding a couple of different attorneys regarding the short sale side of it. Um, the, um, the title part of it obviously is important because people have to understand when they're pulling title. We have people that don't pull title right away and they do the whole process and then they pull title and it kills the transaction. It's like, why would you do that? How do you build a house without having a foundation? So you need the foundation, right? So the foundation is important. The foundation of it, aspect of doing a short sale, you have to run title. Even sometimes doing a modification. Now, when you do a modification on somebody's house, 
some of the lenders, if you have liens on the property, they want those liens cleared up before they'll actually modify. It's so, it's so simple, but people don't realize it. And I think the thick of it is, the other reason why I want to do this online, and I could have just let it go uh, and waited until Corona passed, you know, in 2029, <laughs> uh, at this rate, um, I'm like it, uh, is, is, again, it's not about you and me. It's about providing the product, the information that's up to date. So people that have already gone to the event before, they're going to want to come back because it's going to be updated information. And we're going to be talking about COVID-19. That's huge in itself. Real estate agents need to understand that. Attorneys need to understand that. So, you know, we do have, uh, you know, just hard money lenders, uh, proper lending practices. Anything that you really need to know about the short sell itself is going to be uh, on the live event on the 23rd. Outstanding. Now, it's very interesting because, again, what you're talking about is there's, there's not a lot of information there for the homeowner that's in trouble, which I think is crazy because even like um, – with Corona right now, an apartment building that I own, if the, if the tenant is late and facing eviction, the amount of information they get delivered to their door with options for like, hey, if you need money for groceries, here's what we offer you. If you need money to pay your taxes, here's what we offer you. If you need money for transportation, here's what we are. Basically, anything but you just don't want to pay your rent, they have a solution for. But when people are behind on their mortgages, the only thing I ever hear is somebody goes, bank won't even talk to you until you stop paying. So stop paying for three or four months and then we'll see if we can maybe help you. And it's yeah. the craziest thing ever. I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. That's actually one of the biggest misconceptions in the industry. You can't do a short sell until you're late on your mortgage. Now you and I both know you can do a short sell on a property even though the mortgage is current. And I don't think people realize that. And I don't think they take the time to understand that. And anybody that disagrees with me, they haven't done the, the capacity of short sales that we've been brought in. And hey, listen, not everybody wants my team to do a short sell. We're, we, sometimes we get brought in as consultants. They want to pay us as a consultant. They pay us a fee and say, can you consult us on the short sell? Yeah, of course. Well, if the short sell doesn't happen, do we get our money back? No. <laughs> we're, we're consulting you on. You want to do it, you do it. I'm not going to waste my time because then I have people that are in trouble that are, you know, they're paying us for our time. I hate to say it, but, you know, we're not not for profit. And I have bills to pay just like everybody else. But, you know, it's funny you say that about the renters. I don't think these renters realize, whereas they're like, well, I'm not, well, the government says I don't pay my rent. I'm not going to pay my rent. That's cool. But if you haven't paid your rent in six months and you owe $6,000, you're going to get a judgment against you. I don't think people realize it's not a pass that you don't have to pay it. You know, if you have a real issue, that's fine. If the landlords want to take a partial payment from you to help you so you don't get slammed with $6,000, maybe you only owe $3,000 or $2,000. That's cool. But to not just pay, and here's the other thing, Nick. If you're going to buy a house and they ask for a rental history from where you were renting and you're looking for a letter of recommendation from your landlord, you screwed your landlord over. You think that landlord's going to give you a letter of recommendation? The big donut. Absolutely not. So I think people, again, they're kind of like get over and they're trying to get over and there's a difference between doing that. So I think that people need to understand and process before they actually, you know, put something and implement it because they look like idiots. You're touching on that with, with going to buy something later on. How does that affect the rebuying process after somebody's been through a short sale? 
because I believe it, it's two, two years. It get, it, it's enough time that I feel like you can rebound and there's time to clean up your credit and do certain things. So um, does your team also work at all with them past the, the short sale process to prep them for what they're going to need to do down the line to buy another home? So there is something that I'm working on right now. I can't really disclose, but it's going to be pretty interesting how people are going to react to it. And it's going to be helping people that have actually gone through the short sale process and getting them back on their feet. That's all I can say about it. But when I actually get going and everything, I'll come back and I'll discuss so we can talk about it. But I think uh, we're, we're actually working on a transaction right now. We, uh, we had an investor reach out to us. They, his parents needed to do a short sale on the house two years ago. They shorted the house. And now we're actually helping his parents now purchase a short sale. So it's kind of like bittersweet. I'm actually getting a testimonial from him uh, on how I helped his parents and how grateful his parents were. And it's cool. It's, you know, you, know, you get those solid invites like Christmas, come by, whatever. You know, they'll send you gift baskets and stuff like that. I appreciate that. But again, you know what? I tell people it's not even necessary. Just donate. Make a donation. Donation, donation in your name or go do a donation real estate recovery groups. That's cool. I just, I feel that, that there's so many people out there that are trying to hurt people and scam them and take advantage. Look, I could have been a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. But I sleep good at night. I, I make a good living. I help people. I don't look upon what I do is work. You know, people are like, dude, if you're a real estate agent, you would kill it. And they try to recruit me. I'm like, I don't want to be a real estate agent. That's not who I am. If I'm a real estate agent, not that there's anything wrong with doing it. My wife's a real estate agent. That's more of a job. Now I kind of feel like I'm Dr. Short Sale, you know, or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, look, I've been doing this for 15 years, it's 2020, since 2005. So, I, I mean, maybe I should get like an honorary doctor degree <laughs> because I'm like a psychologist and talking to people that are in trouble. It's a scary situation. And, and, and people, there's not enough information out there for people. And, and again, the book that I'm writing, there's information in there for, um, as a seller, what do I look for as a, in a listing agent? What do I look for in a buyer's agent or as buying a short sale? <clears throat> what, what is the homeowner? What should they expect? when they're doing a short sale. So that's why the book needed to be Short Sale Savage, The Untold Stories, and A Real Inside Look, because the information in that book, and I will tell you this, this is book one. There is going to be a book two. Book one needed to cover this. Chapter one is about me and my journey to becoming the Short Sale Savage, because that's something that I think needs to be really unfolded for people to understand. And I still people to this day People that I've you know I worked with before that I've mentored or really took advantage of you know some of the education that we provided. There's a lot of guys in North Jersey or in Jersey from years ago, from you know 2007, took my class. They just took this and you know all vaulted into like you know craziness with properties. Uh, I didn't do that. Now do I look back at it and go, oh my god, I made a mistake? No. Because I think everything happens for a reason and everything's in timing. The book, the online class, and everything that has to happen. I feel like, you know, I'm an educator. And ironically, you know, my teachers, if they're watching this at a later <laughs> day, they're like, oh my God, this kid was a mess in school. 
And you know what? Let me ask you this question. Were you good in school, Nick? No, no, I was not. Not until, not until senior year when I realized I wanted to go to college, but I didn't do anything probably until senior year. And then I did well when I applied myself, but no, no. Did you feel like you knew early on, like, see, for me, like, you know, I was classified as having a learning disability and I wasn't, and you know, that used to be a huge embarrassment for me, but I look at it as like, when my brain is working, like sometimes like if I'm writing and creating, I, I actually put noise cancellation here, earphones on and I listen to techno music huh. and it actually calms my brain down so I can actually focus on work, which is really strange. So I think between that and the fact that I always felt like I was an entrepreneur and they didn't know how to teach back then when we went to school, as far as like that concept of it, and they were like, oh, this guy's lazy. I'm like, I wasn't lazy. I just wasn't motivated by the shit that they were trying to teach me. Exactly. That's the problem. So you caught on, you know, when you were a senior and you went that route. Me, I was like, listen, if I can get a D and get the you know what out of here, I'm good. So I thought D was for diploma. <laughs> but I teach my kids education, just so we're clear, is important. And that they need to have a craft. They don't necessarily have to be, you know, an attorney or a doctor. But, you know, listen computer programming, something with computers, something in the education field, you know, maybe law enforcement, but you got to have, you have to have a, a side hustle. Because if you don't have a side hustle, and I'm not saying do the side hustle to help retire, you know, I'm saying, well, actually, yeah, to retire or to, to help you, you know, whether it's real estate, acquiring it, or you always have to have something on the side because just having a railroad, in my opinion, <clears throat> nine to five job, doesn't cut it. 100% agree. And I, I've, I've seen so many people try and go that route and none of them wind up happy or financially free. All the guys that I know did something different, something entrepreneurial, something real estate related. And, you know, for me, I, I, I don't deserve a lot of credit for stepping up senior year. The only reason I did it was because I wanted to go to college strictly for partying. It wasn't because I wanted to better myself. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to miss out on that. Do you remember your first job? Oh, uh, yeah, actually, I do. I do. Only because I tried to be a police officer down the road and I had to keep going back and giving them all my jobs I've ever done, which was a freaking lot because I was always working for beer money. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I remember my first my first job was I was working at a grocery store and some of the brainchild decided that they want to train me on a Saturday on a register. So <laughs> my line literally went all the way back to the back of the store and come lunch hour, I was like, I'll be right back. <laughs> I never went back. They're still waiting for you. <laughs> so uh, in closing, one of the last questions I want to ask is, how has COVID um, affected short sales right now as far as processing? Has there been any delays or changes in the policies or the way that they're handled? That's amazing. That's actually a really good, good question. And nobody's really asked me that question. So that's a seasoned question from a seasoned veteran. Appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it has. Um, actually, a couple of things happened. Uh, one of the clients is actually purchasing uh, one of the short sales and actually passed away from COVID. Oh. Yeah, so that was hard. The, the lending side, because of what had happened, just like everybody like was paralyzed. So I think that it slowed the process down for about three months, and then the floodgates just started opening up. And it's, you know, it's funny, Nick, because you know people say to me, Real estate agents that were so active, so prominent in the community have basically like flatlined. 
they're depressed, they're upset, they're leaving the industry. And there's other people that had flourished during this time. You know, more of the online virtual tours of the property, which is kind of funny, the irony of it was what it it's been around forever, but it forced people out of their comfort comfort zone. So Corona, although it was horrible, and it is horrible, don't get me wrong, it really catapulted agents that were more tech-savvy than anything else that are dominating and destroying in this industry. So you have seasoned vets that used to make a ton of money that are like flatlined, whereas people that were more tech-savvy are winning in the industry. So I think COVID had made it change things around. Uh, and almost like the new normal now, I don't know if real estate's ever really going to be the same as far. And that's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing about convenience. I mean, look, they call these things smartphones. The reality is they really make you dumb, <laughs> right? But it's all about convenience. And I think the convenience side of it, I think if you do the 360 tours inside the property, do the neighborhood, do the drones, stuff like that, you cover more ground. So if I was a real estate agent and somebody's like, oh, I want to see 20 properties, cool. I'm going to send you all 20 in virtual tours. And I'm, dude, I'm totally outside the box. I might Uber over dinner for the person or the family. You got to think, you got to have a niche. You got to have a strategy. Spend money to make money, right? Now spend money to make money. And I think during COVID, people are so panicked and turned off their lead generation right? Or anything that they were doing for marketing and focusing on, oh my God, I got to get as much fucking toilet paper and paper towels that I can get. What do you mean there's no sanitizer? So I think during that time frame, I started doing my live show 12 o'clock, literally Monday through Friday. I was doing two, sh two shows at night. It was exhausting, plus running the business during that three-month period of time. But if, I mean, I'm down to like maybe like one show, two shows a week because I have to focus more on the business. So in closing, COVID has, I think, changed the wave of real estate for the future. I 100% agree. And like you said, I think people often say that with a, like a, a doom in there where I think it's going to be amazing. I think when we come out of this, it's going to be a renaissance. I think a lot of the things that were necessary, you know, guys like us that have been around for a long time, we all knew that we, we were overdue for some sort of correction. I don't think anybody knew it was going to be a coronavirus, yeah. but we've been prepping knowing that like this, this was right around the corner one way or the other because we were overdue for it. So, yeah. you know, coming up on your boot camp and stuff like that now, how do people find you? How do they work with you? Obviously, I'll, I'll post the links in the show notes for your social media, but yeah. if they want to find out more about how to, how to work with you on the short sale side, get your book, attend your boot camp, plug away. So the book is going to probably be out at this point I'm going to start shoot for like a November 1st. You know, I'm going back and forth on the price on the, prop, on the book. Um, it's probably going to be like, you know, $19.99 or whatever it is. The boot camp right now is uh, October 23rd, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's going to go to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's a live event. Myself and my assistant, all the vendors are going to be pre-recorded. So you'll have an opportunity after the event to look at the, uh, the vendors. We're going to leave that up. We'll send out a link to people that had signed up. Um, after the event is recorded, 
and then we're going to cut it up. It's going to take us about a week or two. Then we're going to launch it in an actual education portal. And in the education portal, if somebody wants to go on to the boot camp, they can actually go on to it and they can get free information on the uh, speakers and the, uh, you know, the people that were sponsoring the event. Then there's going to be the paid portion, obviously, of it, and they'll be able to you know, purchase the stuff for, for the boot camp. So the 23rd is going to be live, and then after that, it's going to be about a two-week hiatus or so, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to launch the actual portal itself so people can go on and, and take a look at it. Personally, I think you should attend the live event. The live event is going to be, you'll be able to interact with us and ask us questions. So it's going to be myself, Leah, and we're actually going to have a moderator that I'm hiring to help us run the event, but also read off some of the questions, you know, when it's available. So I think between the two of them, it's going to be, you know, pretty great. I'm excited for it. The additional portals are being worked on right now for, you know, workshop, additional workshops and or also the master classes of it. Now, people are like, oh, my God, you're supposed to do the upsell. You don't do it now. You don't talk about it. I'm, again, I'm not traditional. So if people want to do it and they want to come on and they want, you know, and they want to see it, I, I think that should be a part of the live and ask their questions live. That's me personally, but if they don't have and they're not available, we switched it because we're going to do it on a Saturday and a Sunday, but we switched it to a Friday because people are like, oh, my God, I'm not going to be around. It's, it's not going to be live. It's going to be pre-recorded. It was a, I was shocked. There was a lot of people reached out. So I just said, you know what, we'll just switch it to a Friday, 11 a.m., 2 p.m., and there's so many people that are still home. And if you're a real estate agent, honestly, and you don't take advantage of this, it's literally the cost of, cost of a dinner. So don't go out Friday night and get educated and figure out how you can help people and actually make a lot of money doing it. I think that that's awesome. Would they go to realestaterecoverygroup.com? Is that the site? The site is called, it's rrgbootcamp.com. It's rrgbootcamp.com. And it's obviously, like, you know, my, my grandma used to go around, www, that's the World <laughs> Wide Web, World Wide Web, rrgbootcamp.com, and they'll get the information regarding it. And the, the ticket's going to go up. So, you know, I'm not sure when they're going to go up, but they will go up before we actually go live. And we're going to start doing some posts in the next week or two to, okay. to drive people on the urgency of it. So, again, you shouldn't be talking about that, man. That's the reality of it. You got to take action, right? And I think we're only going to let a certain amount of people actually come on to the actual live itself. So if you want to have interaction with Leah in, uh, in real time during the boot camp, I definitely suggest that you, you get it live. Outstanding. And uh, it's Instagram at Short Sale Savage, and I think Twitter at M. Marinoff. And you, uh, you know, again, I'll post all this stuff too, but what, what's your preferred uh, social media follow? So, you know, I, I started a group a year ago, and I think we're uh, just over 1,600 people, which I'm pretty excited about. It's on Facebook. It's called Short Sale Savage. No, I'm sorry. Short Sales 101. So it's Short Sales 101. 101. Now, the reason why I, I made this group Short Sales 101 is because it's basics. Well, we do offer information and I do videos on there a couple times a week, not long videos, minute, two minutes, three minutes, whatever, just experience of what's going on in the industry and myself 
inter, in interaction with people. So I think that if somebody really wants to understand how to do short sales, thing is, if you don't answer all the questions to get into that group, you're not getting in. The last tally that we had, and people are like, oh, do you nuts? We should have had over 5,000 people in that group at this point, but we just have over 1,600. If you can't follow directions, if you literally can't fill out the answer to the question and leave your email, you don't deserve to be in the group. Am I wrong? Fair enough. No, it's the simple stuff. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Uh, last question for you before I let you go. You've been very generous with your time. If you had a time machine and a young Matt Marinoff came over and asked you for advice, knowing what you know now in life, what advice would you give a younger you starting out today? So I literally just got chills <laughs> with you saying that. I would have probably, and I'm, and I'm, I'm going to do a plug for him. I probably would have learned some of Dan Zatowski's tips. Dan has uh, really, in my opinion, revolutionized the raising private capital. And if I could have raised private capital in 2005, I can't even imagine where I would have been a deep, 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 high multi-millionaire because, let's face it, um, there's plenty of real estate out there, right? And there's plenty of money out there. But if you can put the two of them together and connect, it's a no-brainer. So I personally think that if you're somebody who's looking to figure out how to raise private money, you should go to a link called InvestorsMoneyLink.com. It's called InvestorsMoneyLink.com. If you're looking to learn how to raise private capital to be a real estate guru monster, and take advantage of the next wave, you really have to look into how you can raise private capital because a lot of these 10, 20% down on these on hard money loans, or these other transactions, the mortgage industry is a little iffy right now. So you don't want to be paralyzed by not being able to have the money in place. So you should definitely check out investorsmoneylink.com to learn how to raise private money. Definitely put that on there, Nick. I have no problem putting that out there for Dan because Dan alone was a friend, but he's also been a mentor to me and he's really opened my eyes up to a lot of different things. So if I was to go to a young Matt Marinoff, it would be learn your real estate craft, maybe open up an actual real estate office specifically for distressed real estate. Not normally take on, you, know, you can take on traditional real estate, but focus more on people that are in trouble try to do the agreements or try to figure out how to purchase these properties and almost build your little auction house company and have that private money element in place. That's what I would tell young men now. I love that. And I'll, I'll vouch for that too. Dan Zatowski is a freaking awesome guy. Good dude. Known him for a while. He's been a guest on this. He speaks very highly of you as well. So I'll vouch for that. I think it's a very, very good trait to have is raising money and you got to go to somebody who knows their stuff. Dan definitely does. And you, sir, obviously know yours as well. So I'm definitely going to sign up for your boot camp as soon as we get done recording this. And uh, I'll have this out in the next week. So we'll have plenty of time for people to sign up and get everything uh, going with you, man. I, I really appreciate you jumping on. You were very accommodating. This was very insightful. And I look forward to all the stuff you're putting out and, and really making a difference on the short sale side of stuff. So uh, any, any closing thoughts, my friend, before I let you go? 
At the end of every one of my shows, I ask people if they can emulate my finger point. So I always go like this. I want to see if you can do it. You nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it. I'm going to give you a solid eight. I'll take that. I'll take that. You, it's, you, you got to go like that. But you did it. But you got it. You, got, you, you know. <laughs> Denise, okay. Denise Costa. That's it, brother. That's <laughs> it. Thanks for having me on, Nick. I really appreciate it. And remember, guys, it's not unknown until you get a restraining order. <laughs> I love it. Wise words. Thanks, Matt Marinoff. I appreciate it. I'll post all the show notes and I'll shoot you over a link. You're a class act. I appreciate you doing this. Have a great day, man. Thanks. You too. Take it easy.